Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the 1620 The Jays podcast. Happy Labor Day weekend. I'm John Bishop alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. We have got a really busy show for you this week. A pair of really unique and very talented student athletes, plus Creighton's brand new tennis men's head coach. All of that coming up here today on the 1620 The Jays podcast. The men's soccer team finally returns home. They get their first matches regular season at Morrison Stadium after a tough trip out to the West Coast where they lost to number seven Stanford and could only manage a draw with UC Irvine. But going to get another couple of cracks at it this week as they will take on Grand Canyon Friday night and then a Labor Day evening game as they go back on the road to take on Denver. Their goalkeeper, Nathan Schnurr, had strong outings in both West Coast games, including 11 saves over the two matches. He had a chance to sit down with Josh Peterson this week. Here's Josh. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast for the first time ever. It is Nathan Schnurr, a junior keeper out of Evergreen, Colorado. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you today? Doing well, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. A couple matches under your belt. You got another one. The first match at home this week. How are you feeling about the start of the season so far? Obviously, you would like to have a couple of dubs in the uh, in the win column at this moment in time. But how are you feeling otherwise? Yeah, you know, I think I think we're really excited to have our home opener. I mean, nothing better than playing in Omaha and Morrison Stadium. A um, lot, lot of good lessons learned on the road in California. And, you know, all, all we can do now is, is look forward to GCU on Friday. Absolutely. I want to go to what an offseason looks like for a keeper, because I imagine that, you know, the listeners, they can kind of close their eyes and they can maybe picture what, you know, someone who is in the rest of the field might do on a given day. Given the responsibilities that you have in goal, you probably need some help in terms of, hey, I need you to kick the ball so I can try to defend it. What what does an offseason look like for a keeper as you're getting ready for your first season where it's kind of your role that you're going to be the starter for? Yeah, so I I, uh, I spent this past summer actually up in Burlington, Vermont, um, which is a, a crazy part of the country, a part of the country I'd never been before. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, you know, goalkeeping is kind of a a lonesome position, if you will, because yeah, you know, you, you kind of need someone to shoot the ball at you. You kind of need somebody to to play with. Um, a, a lot of what I do, and, and this is strange to say, but a lot of what I do is is on my own, and I don't mind that. I'm okay with that. Um, and, and for me personally, I try to take a lot of care in the offseason physically of my body, mentally, um, you, you know, because when we get back here in the season, that's when the grind of training and all that starts. So I try to use the offseason as a time to, you know, refocus the mind, refocus the body, take care of yourself, nutrition, all that. Um, and then we come back in August and, you know, hit the ground running training wise. 
You mentioned mental. Um, I, it's great. I was going to ask you about that. Mental preparation for this season versus previous years. Just again, knowing that hey, my role is about to change, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bigger undertaking in 2023 than I've had in past seasons. What was that mental preparation like for you? Yeah, you know, I, I've my whole life I've taken a lot of pride, whether I'm the number one or the number two or whatever it may be, um, because like we're saying, goalkeeping is so mental. At, at a certain point. You know, you you can save the ball. Anybody can save the ball. Uh, I'd say eighty percent of goalkeeping is is mental. Knowing you have the confidence in making the save, knowing you you have the confidence in doing the business. So, you know, for for the last three or so years that I've been here, my, my mental preparation has been the same. Knowing whether I'm playing or not, I can go in at any moment. Um, and and that's something that's always kind of been my routine. The same thing. Um, you know, get into the locker room at the same time, eating the same food, pregame the same, all that stuff. It, it really hasn't changed, um, you know, because at any time you can be thrown in at any time, you know, you can be playing. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, I mean, you also probably could have leaned on your first year a little bit when you were thrust into the lineup because of an injury. Like people will say on the broadcast, hey, this is his first year starting. Obviously, that's not entirely the case, given what happened a couple of years ago. So how how nice was it that you could not only prepare, like you said, the same way you always have, but you did have some matches to fall back on and knowing what a game day looks like for you when you are starting in net versus coming off the bench. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, in, in 2020, it was kind of a, a crazy season with the COVID stuff and, and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that was a, that was a good point, I think, in my development because I was very green. Um, you know, I, I thought I had played well and, you know, gotten the team into the, the Big East tournament, but it, it was a time almost to just be kind of punched in the mouth, if you will. There, there were a lot of games that, you know, you're cutting the film thinking, I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have done this. And it's kind of overwhelming. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that's a great thing to be able to fall back on and say, yeah, when I was, you know, 18, a true freshman, I was able to, to relatively handle the business. So nothing new. That's awesome. Let's, let's go back to uh, your time growing up. What, what led you ultimately to playing this position? You mentioned it kind of a lonely position out there. I, I imagine, you know, when, when you're a little kid, not a whole lot of people are like, yeah, sign me up for goalie. I want to be the one scoring the goals. How did you get into being a keeper? Yeah. So I, um, you know, growing up, my, my parents put a lot of emphasis on playing a variety of different sports and, you know, for, for whatever reason, Growing up playing basketball, playing baseball, playing soccer, I, I always loved defense. I, I don't know why, but in basketball, I, I would never shoot more than once a game. But I loved playing defense. And in baseball, batting was not my strength, but I loved playing defense. Similarly in soccer, I, I never had a desire to go and score. I always had the desire to stop the scoring. And, you know, I think that that just kind of carried through my childhood from um, – you know, a very young age to that passion where really there there is nothing better than a striker putting a shot on goal and you saving it when you, you probably shouldn't save it and seeing the disappointment in them and seeing your team get fired up. Like I just got chills thinking about it. There's nothing better to me than saving something you shouldn't save. And, you know, that, that just gets me fired up. That's so cool. Uh, what was it that led you to choose to, to play soccer at Creighton? A uh, lot, lot of different factors. Um, one of the big ones was Mike Gab, the goalkeeper coach. He actually was my goalkeeper coach um, when I was growing up in Colorado. 
so I had a I had a good relationship with him and and him and I kind of see the game of soccer similarly he's tough nosed defensive um doesn't take a lot of bs from people uh and I like to think I'm kind of the same um so, so that was a big reason and then you know when I when I came on my visit to Creighton it was a uh, Oktoberfest against Akron which was a big ranked match and you know nice September day it was 78 degrees and there were 6000 people in Morrison and I remember leaving saying that's the place you know that's I I have to be here Oh, that is so cool. What a great story. It's Oktoberfest coming up soon this season. It will be versus Michigan. Um, looking back at last year and, and now looking at this season, I have to imagine, obviously, it was a wild ride as you make it. Creighton makes it all the way to the, the College Cup. But now that, that you're the one in net, like, how, I guess, how much did you use that as fuel? Like, that was awesome, and I'm never going to forget that. I want to be able to kind of put my stamp on doing something like that as a starter this year. Certainly, I, I think a lot of us, um, you know, the, the guys that were here, all of us have that great memory of 2022. And I think all the new guys realize that while they're a part of this program, you know, that they didn't they didn't have their stamp on 2022. So they have the drive to live up to those standards because at, at Creighton, that's our standard. Whether, you know, Coach Torres always tries to get us fired up because we don't get a lot of love in the, the, the polls and all that stuff. We're a small school in Nebraska we're a big soccer program. We, we are a big soccer state. We're a big program and that's our standard. So I, you know, with, with me being in net this year, you know, the standard is big East championships, NCAA tournament. Um, and I think that's how all the guys feel. All of us realize how great 2022 was, but that was 2022. We, you know, we have to look forward and we have to have that, that drive and commitment to do it again. Absolutely. One more before we let you go. Uh, you mentioned it, Grand Canyon, the next opponent. By the time that the uh, audience hears this, it'll be coming up tonight, Friday night, 7.30, first home match at Morrison. What What do you know about this Antelope squad? Well, we, we know Grand Canyon is always always a good program, obviously. They've, they've gotten off to a, a slow start playing good teams in, in Wake Forest and Denver. So we know they'll be coming out. They'll be coming out flying, and we know that. But, you know, for for us, we like to focus on ourselves and imposing our style and imposing our our will on the opponent, um, and and that's why we can't wait to play at Morrison with our fans, with our home. Um, you know, we're we're really really buzzing to get going Friday. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'll be on the call. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a fun season at Morrison Stadium. Nathan Schnur, the starting keeper this year for your Creighton Blue Jays. Nathan, we really appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you. John, back to you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The Creighton Volleyball team, fresh off their performance at Purdue, returns home first matches of the year, and it comes in tournament format. The Blue Jay Invitational gets underway on Friday. The Blue Jays are going to be taking on three different teams over the weekend, starting with Ball State Friday night at 6. Then Saturday, late afternoon, 5 o'clock against LSU before wrapping up against former Missouri Valley Conference rival Northern Iowa Sunday afternoon at 2.30. Last weekend, the Jays had a successful weekend. Yes, they did have to taste defeat for the first time in the season, but they did win the Purdue Invitational, and one of the big reasons why was the MVP of the tournament. Ellie Bolton, senior libero, joins us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Ellie, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So talk about the match last week. I mean, you knew going in, Purdue is always one of the better teams in the country. You go out, you get a huge win. It was a tight, close, hard-fought match. Just kind of give us a a recap of what your weekend was like. Yeah, I think, you know, going into first weekend, there's always a lot of bit of nerves. You know, I think we saw a lot of top 10 teams get upset that first weekend before we even played Loyola. You know, we saw Texas lose, we saw Kentucky lose. I think, you know, and that was the first time we really got to see our true lineup out there. And I think, you know, despite the nerves, we're also really excited. We're excited to see what our team can do. And I think, you know, off the spring in Europe and preseason, we saw, okay, this team can be really good, really special. And I think you saw that in Loyal and Purdue and even Duke too. Like, you know, despite that being a loss, I think you saw a lot of fatigue mentally and physically going into a third game in that weekend. And Duke's a great team giving them credit, obviously, but um, we took a lot of away, a lot of positives this weekend. I think how we approached each match was each match is equally as important. You know, beating Loyal is just as important as beating Purdue, you know, winning Duke is just as important as beating loyal, you know, like we took every match very seriously. And I think our coaches has set us up for a success this weekend. I think we didn't get the exact result we wanted, but we did come out on top and that's what matters. So. And I know you started the last five matches last year, but this was really your chance to get back in the full-time starting lineup for, for the first time since you were a freshman and, and you um, had 53 digs over the three matches what was yeah. the what was it like for you now knowing that the the libero spot this is your role once again? Yeah, yeah. I, I just talked to someone about that today. Actually, it's um it's a really rewarding feeling. I think coming off a great freshman year, I was really stoked for what maybe the next three years were going to look like. And um, things obviously didn't go my way the last two years, and I'm okay to admit that. You know, like I didn't get the role I wanted these last two years. I had two fifth years back to back ahead of me who were phenomenal players with great experience, and I was still fortunate enough to be on the court. And, you know, um, I think I took that for granted sometimes like, Hey, I'm still a starter. I'm still on this team, but I wasn't the role that I wanted, but you know, I, I had a different approach going into this year and I, you know, I knew I'm like, this is my spot. This is my time to lead this team along with a lot of great other leaders and players on this team, obviously. So to finally get that Jersey and to know that my coaches trust me and I trust them and to be able just to run with it 
and do what I can to make my team the best that we can is, is a really rewarding feeling after kind of the ups and downs of my, my career, honestly. So, yeah. So, you know, after the freshman year, you kind of think, Hey, this is my job. I could be a four year starter. And then, as you mentioned, you had two fifth years come in, two grad transfers come in in successive years yeah, and basically take the job that you thought you were going to have from (laughs) you. How frustrating was that? And do you think that affected the way that you practice? Thus, maybe you didn't you, you didn't feel like you competed well enough to win that job. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it. I remember coming off my freshman year being super pumped, right? Like, OK, this spot is mine. You know, that's the plan the next couple of years. And and then COVID happened. Right. They, this fifth year of eligibility came in. And again, back to back years of girls that I, I adored as people and as players, too. They were phenomenal. Their experience way better than mine. Their, their maturity, their confidence was, was ahead of mine. And, you know, to be fair, I, I still got a really fair chance at winning that spot both years. And I did get beat out. And that's something that I think can affect your confidence when you're in August and you're like, Holy crap, this is my role. The rest of these next four months of my life is that I'm not in the spot I want. How am I going to handle that? You know? And I think it's easy in those situations to make it about yourself and to, to gossip and to, and mope and be like, you know what, this is what I want. This sucks. I'm going to transfer. I'm going to leave or I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I really, as hard as it was, I had to force myself to be like, you know what? It's about the team. This is about me. If my coach is like that person being in that spot is going to make our team win and me serving this role is going to help our team win, then that's what I'm going to commit to. That's what I'm going to focus my energy and time on. And there were ups and downs. I mean, it was not rainbows and, you know, butterflies that I'm not playing in this spot, right? Like lots of trials and tribunes that I went through. But I think knowing that I trust my coaches, I trust my teammates, they trust me. This is where they see me. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to accept. That's what I'm going to do at my very best too. And then when the time comes, hopefully they see that I've done these things right. And it's my time now, you know? So, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't, again, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, I was like, awesome. Great. Yes. I'm going to give this role to these girls back to back years. You know, it, it wasn't like that, but I think I had great people around me who encouraged me to accept the role that I was in and uh, focus on the team. And that, that was easy because I love my team and I love my coaches. So. Did you have a moment anytime in the last two years that you thought, okay, fine, I'm done. I'm going to go somewhere else because the options are there for someone with your experience and the ability to do it is so much easier than it used to be. Right. Yeah. I think in the environment we live in today too, I was talking to Rob Anderson about this today, you know, transferring is so common now. It's like, Oh, you know what? Don't like this. So I'm going to go into the portal. I mean, every year the portal is stacked with players for good or bad reasons. I don't know. Um, and it's hard because I have a great support system of family and friends around me who, who know what I'm capable of and they want to see me succeed. And when, not just one year, but back to back years, I'm not getting what I think I want and deserve. You have people around you, they're like, you just leave. You can go play libero somewhere else. You can go serve this role somewhere else. And that very well may have been true. But I love everything about this program and my coaches and my team. And although I had those thoughts and those moments of, you know what, this isn't what I want. This isn't the role that I want. I cared more about my team and my teammates and my coaches and the the love that they gave to me and support they gave me. Like, I want to give that back. And I I love this program more than my life. Like I will bend over. I've been over backwards for them for three years and I'll continue to do that because I love them. I love the people I'm around. I'm surrounded by the best day in and out. So even though I wasn't that role that I wanted to, and I had those thoughts and those moments, it was impossible for me to leave. It was, they made it impossible because my coaches and the staff and the people around us are so phenomenal. I I knew, okay, my time is coming. My time is coming. Be patient. So um, it was impossible to leave as, as you know, 
even in the role that I was in. So it's obvious that it strengthened you from a personal standpoint. It's obvious. Absolutely. Just listen. It, it's obvious listening to you that you, as you mentioned, a great support system. So you had you had a good head on your shoulders to begin with, but then it also helped you grow as a person. How did it help you grow as a volleyball player? Yeah, I think, um, you know, even talking to my coaches, the, the two years that I, I got beat up by these girls, they they were more mature than I was. They were more um, calm. They were more, I was kind of that player. I felt like I was either a nine or I was at like, like a four, you know, and they wanted someone that's at a seven and that's at an eight all that time. And I found that consistency going in after this last season. Still, I did great things for my team. I still started. I still played. I did all those things. I'm very fortunate and grateful for that. But I knew if I wanted to be in that role, I needed to just be consistent. That's all they wanted to see for me was consistency. And I think um, from a volleyball player, like that's where I improved the most in the spring. My numbers were steady. And I mean, from digs or a passing standpoint, like everything was just steady. There wasn't any ups and downs and hills and valleys. Like, and then they saw that throughout Europe and they saw it throughout non-con and they're like, you know what? And they knew it and they felt it. I felt it like you were ready. Like this is, this is your time. And, um, I'm also that player that knows that when my coaches believe in me and they have full confidence in me, I'm going to thrive. And now that like, I'm like, you give me that Jersey, I'm going to run with it. You know, I'm going to do what I can with it. And I, and as long as I know they trust me and I trust them and, and my coaches have always made me feel like that. I'm very, very grateful for them. How does it help you as a leader? Cause you're a senior now you've been in the program. This is your fourth year. Um, and, and we've talked so much about the culture of every strong program. It's, right. it's, it's established with a great culture, but, but as a leader, do you feel like it, it, it helped you in that role or is it as necessary just simply because you have a lot of experience on this roster and you know, the, the team kind of leads itself sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, it kind of depends when I was a freshman, I, one of the main leaders I looked up to didn't even play, you know, and then last year. Um, our, or I guess two years ago, I'm sorry, Jay Zimmerman, our captain was a six rotation stud for us. Right. Like, and I just think that there's so many different people and positions that can fulfill that role. And I think a lot of it just comes with experience and maturity and being like, now, now I'm the old one, right? Like I'm the mm-hmm. one that's telling the freshman, Hey, take a deep breath. Even though we're down by three points, it may seem like a lot. Trust me. We've come back from worse. You know, I just think that maturity, no matter if you're playing, if you're not, that's going to serve you best as a leader. And being able to calm down your younger teammates who this is all very new to them. And I remember that transition from high school ball and club ball to the college game. It's, it's night and day different, you know, and if you don't have someone there with, you know, some sort of calmness and some sort of leadership, then it's really hard. So I think no matter whether you're playing or not, like that leadership role is kind of up for grabs as long as you, you've earned it. Um, So, yeah. Why did you pick Creighton in the first place? It's so funny because I look back and I'm like, I was 15 when I committed to go to college. Like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know, you know, but it was so easy once I got on this campus. I remember talking to the coaches and talked to a lot of different programs and go and visit. And you're like, oh, this is great. You know, I really like this place. When I stepped foot here and I met the coaches, I met the players. It's the people. They sold me. The people sold me on this place. I and from a parent's perspective, they knew I was in good hands too. They were like, I feel comfortable sending you to this place with these coaches and these people. And these girls were so inviting and, you know, the other stuff, top 25 program, right? Like amazing academic school, proximity to home. Um, all that stuff is, was very important to me too. But I was sold once I met the people here, I was like, these are the people that I want to be surrounded by day in and day out. And that's the person I want to become when I go into college. And I think 
you know, I laugh at how I was a little small sophomore in high school when I committed, but thank God she knew what she was doing because I'm in the, the best place possible for myself. And I have no regrets absolutely at all, but this is the place for me. So there's no connection whatsoever that you felt like you had to because your great grandfather played football at Creighton. <laughs> well, if you want to know a fun fact, I did not even know that until I got here. I was going to ask you because, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, maybe you don't talk about that. And I don't know if you ever had a relationship with your great grandfather or not, but yeah, uh, I, how did that work? So uh, I was very close to my grandpa. My grandpa, that's his dad. So, okay. um, and I was very close to my grandpa. He passed my sophomore of high school right around the time that I was committing to Creighton, actually. And uh, so weird. I really struggled with that decision because we were big KU fans and that was potentially an option for me. And and I was like, it was an option. And I was like, oh, am I letting my grandpa down by not going to KU, whatever. And But I knew Creighton was the right place. So I was like, no, this is the right place, you know, whatever. And um, actually my great grandpa passed when my grandpa was very, very young. So I, okay. he didn't even have that big connection to him. Um, anyways, but come to Creighton, you know, get adjusted, meet Rob Anderson. He was like the best of the best, right. When it comes to stats and he's like, Hey, Ellie, he probably, he probably knows you great grandfather's stats by heart. I mean, to be honest with you, 100%, right? Like <laughs> he's grandma, the maestro, <laughs> right? My grandma once was like, Hey, I, you know, I just found this totally forgot like your grandpa went to Creighton. I'm like, Oh, that, what that kind of tied that piece to me and my grandpa, like this doubt of like, am I at the right place? Is you know? So I kind of told Rob, I'm like, Hey, I don't know if you can help at all, but my great grandpa went here apparently. And all of a sudden Rob finds news articles, homecoming King farm school, like all of it. And I'm like, it was such a full circle moment for me. And I'm forever grateful for Rob for that. But it's funny because people ask that like, Oh, are you, your alum or your family went here? I'm like, no, my great grandpa, who I knew nothing about, went here and <laughs> found out for me. So it, it's a funny story, but it, it's kind of a full circle moment for me. Like, wow, that was just if I need any more confirmation that I'm at the right place, like this is it. So um, very cool. And Rob's just the best. And he knows that I think that of him. So uh, I, I, do you I mean, do you, do you know, is there anyone in your family that has any of the mementos from it, like a yearbook or a letter yeah. sweater or anything? Yeah, my brother actually, my grandpa gave him a necklace, a long, like a chain almost, like a very long time ago as a kid. And he didn't really know anything about it. He's like, cool, it's a football. And it was from when he played football here when we had a football team. And it was some, I don't know, I don't know what it represented, but it was from when he was here. And it's just funny how I didn't know going forward. I'm like, mom and dad, really? Do we not know this? Like, come on, like, like this is really important here. But once we found out and did the digging, we found news articles and tons of mementos. So we, it was really cool. And I went all Rob. So I, I had no clue. And he's <laughs> my, my bloodline here at Creighton. So. <laughs> well, we're always looking for reasons to keep the uh, Creighton football team alive in some way. I mean, undefeated since 1941, I believe is how the t shirt goes. But uh, Ellie Bolton joining us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast coming up this weekend, big series of matches. We mentioned it's it's not only it's not just a home opener, but it's also the Blue Jay Invitational coming off of the hard fought loss against Duke. What do you guys need to do to get things off on the right foot against Ball State on Friday and then build into the weekend? Honestly, I think we need to sweep that match under the rug. I think if we focus on I mean, there's things that good and bad we take away from that match, right? Like I thought. We were really good at certain moments, and then all of a sudden we didn't know how to pass and block and do basics. And some of that's fatigue, some of that's mental, just you're exhausted. Um, so, but there are some tangibles that we can take away from that match to get better. But at the same time, if we focus on, oh, gosh, 
coming off on a loss or an upset or whatever, then we're not mentally uh, getting prepared right for these next couple of matches. Like sweep under the rug, take away the Purdue win and the Loyola win. Be like, those are great wins. We can be, we can be specialists here. And I think we know that and we saw that. And despite the loss, it doesn't really show that. And I think, you know, we're back on our home court this weekend, right? Like we want to go and we want to defend that. We want to show our fans, Hey, we know you saw it on TV, but now you're going to get to see in person how special this group right here is. And, and I, I testify to that. Like my four years here, this is my, by far my favorite team I've been on from, from head to toe. I mean, just talent wise, culture wise, people wise people. I mean, we are bought in what everyone has accepted their role and we're aware that rules change too. So my role changed last year, a couple of different times, you know, it happens to multiple people. And I think we've got a group of 18 girls who are bought into the process and that's, what's going to make this team special. And I just think we're excited to be back home and play in front of our fans and be on that court again and play great competition and see, see how we look against some of these great teams. So. Have you thought, cause you still have a COVID year if you want to use it, right? I do. Yes. Have you thought though about, have you thought ahead? Cause I mean, most people when they're in their senior year, they're thinking about this is the last time I'm going to do this This is the last time I'm going to do that. Are you in that same mindset or are you maybe thinking about returning next year? Yeah. I mean, my goodness, I, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm forward. I'm a forward thinker. So I, as soon as I knew I had the year of eligibility, it's not, it's weighed on my mind for a long time to me it's a no brainer that I want to take it. Um, just the, de- the details on it kind of depend, I guess right now I'm just kind of focused on the here and now and what's going on right now with our team and what this season's going to look like. And I'm assuming there's probably a point where I meet with my coaches and we discuss that and what that looks like. And, you know, whether they offer a fifth year, whether, I don't know how that works exactly. I haven't talked to them a ton. Um, but I, I do have it. I do have that. And I love Creighton. I love my team. So I, I guess there's no definite decision on that or even just details. I do. I'm fairly confident that I do want to take a fifth year of eligibility just because that COVID year kind of felt like a waste in a, in a sense, not a waste because it, we still played volleyball. We were right. fortunate to have one play teams, but like I, I want four real years of volleyball and then maybe to continue playing after that, you know, and, but I'm not ready to leave school. I don't, I'm not ready to be done here. So I, I don't know. That's kind of up in the air right now, but I, I feel very confident about, where things are right now and where that could potentially lead to in the future, I guess. Do you think about pro volleyball? Of course, there's the new league. Actually, there's two new leagues and they're both going to have teams in Omaha. Do you think about pro volleyball, which has never really been a viable option in this country, you know, versus going overseas? Right. I do. I think uh, whenever I go home, we have a great Kansas city is kind of a, we've got a lot of great talent there and a lot of girls that play pro come home. And I was fortunate enough to know them and we have, open gyms like Jenna Gray, Audrey Fitzmorris from Stanford, Lexi Hart, Minnesota. I mean, top level. I told my coach something, I'm getting the best reps in the country right now in our office. <laughs> like I promise you, but it's so intriguing to hear about their experiences overseas. Cause that's the only option they've had for the past. As long as I've known college volleyball, like when you're done, either you move on and get a nine to five or you go play overseas, you know, and you kind of have to pick and, and now they have that option to play here to have your family be able to watch you still. It's a, play against girls you played in in college. I think it's a really special opportunity for a lot of people. I um, have always loved the idea of playing um, after, after I graduate, I, you know, it, it's kind of a toss up. I, I really would like to go to law school too. So, you know, kind of feel like you have to pick or choose it at some point, but um, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to see opportunities from both ends and figure that out. But, but right now it's just focusing on this season right here. And then 
uh, that stuff will all fall into place. I trust at the right time. So, um, but I'm very thankful there's an opportunity to play here in the States because, you know, that hasn't been an option before. And no. now it's in multiple locations and different leagues. And, you know, if I want to stay in Omaha, I could, right? Like, that's so cool. And I'm fortunate to have those options if, you know, those opportunities present themselves, obviously. But um, it's really cool for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people on our team who would consider playing pro would agree that, oh, gosh, I can I can stay in the States. I can have my family watch me. I can have my friends watch me. I can have, you know, I think it's a really unique opportunity for a lot of people. So have you set in on life after volleyball? You just mentioned law school a moment ago. Is that the direction or is that just kind of an idea at the moment? It's kind of an idea right now. So I actually graduate in December, um, my marketing degree, and then I have that fifth year. So if I took a fifth year, uh, I would, I would get an MBA. And then after that, it's kind of a toss up and like kind of seeing where life takes me. And like I said, I'm a forward thinker. So Right. Like I, I don't operate on this whole like, oh, whatever happens, happens. Like I, I like to figure things out and I'm planning the best that I can for for whatever happens. Um, but right now it's it's this season. It's this here and now graduating then figuring out what I'm going to do. And I trust that my support system and people around me will will help me with those decisions as they come along. But right now it's just on the here and now. But I I'm excited for whatever is in the future. Volleyball, non-volleyball. Um, it's been a big part of my life for the last I mean, 20, 21 years, it's, it's been the center of my life in a lot of ways too. So, uh, and I love it, love every minute of it. I love the grind. I love the joy and the brain, you know, the stuff it brings also brings a lot of stress and you have to miss Thanksgiving and you have to, it, there's yeah. so many cons to it. So I have no idea on that end, but the here and now we're looking pretty good. So we just got to keep that up and then things will fall into place. I'm sure. So. Well, Ellie, um, I, I think your story is is something that we don't hear enough of this day and age. Someone who's had to go through some hardship on the floor, uh, losing playing time, but sticking with it. Um, and, it and it tells a lot about the culture and the tight knit community that you guys have established uh, with with Creighton Volleyball. And I think it's something that more more young people need to hear, uh, to be quite honest with you, because uh, the ability to stick through and forge through during tough times. I mean, volleyball is it's just a game, right? You're going to go through much more tough circumstances in the future, and there's no transfer portal to escape into. So to hear how you how you how you dealt with those two years, I think, was was really, uh, really refreshing and great to hear. And we wish you and your teammates the very best, not only this weekend, but the rest of the season. And there's an opponent coming up in red that I think we'd like to see you guys beat this year. (laughs) Me too. Me too. It's just funny. I I said. I kept telling my parents, I'm like, this is my Avery Skinner year. And if you don't know who that is, she's she was the outside for Kentucky who had a phenomenal freshman year, got beat out her sophomore and junior year, and then came back to be a first-team All-American senior, is now the starting out to hit her on the national team. Right? So, like, very similar paths. And I told my parents, I'm like, it's my Avery Skinner year. Like, I believe that. I'm going to work work for it. And, and, and it's looking like, you know, it's similar paths so far. And that's that's something that I stick by. So, you know, it, that was my favorite story. You know, not, not the person – you know, people who come here and who have a four-year career who are in the role they want, those people deserve it just as much as I feel like I deserve this. But it's, it's unique to hear those stories in this day and age. And just like I said, yeah, like this is my Avery Skinner year, and I'm I'm hoping that continues. So I'm very thankful for the people that I'm that are around me and have, have made me better, and hopefully I've made this program better. So. Ellie Bolton, no doubt you've made this program better just by your mere presence. Ellie, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for joining us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, truly. Again, the volleyball team has a busy weekend starting Friday afternoon as they take on Ball State. It's actually a 6 p.m. first serve. Then it'll be LSU at 5 o'clock on Saturday, followed by the UNI match Sunday afternoon at 2.30. Those matches can be heard on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. And for those of you who have a subscription to Flow Sports, you can watch the video right there. Well, after a very successful run, including one of the best seasons in Creighton men's tennis history, longtime head coach Tom Lilly, who had been doing both jobs, working with both the men's and the women's team, decided it was time to split those duties up. Lilly is going to remain with the women's team, but the Jays were in search of a new men's head tennis coach. Gerhard Posh was that man chosen back on August the 22nd. And our first chance to visit with Coach Posh is right now. I turn things over to Connor Happer. Coach, welcome. What's the first week or so here been like on the job? I assume it's it sort of comes at you uh, pretty quickly, and I, I assume you've got a chance to sort of meet some of the players. What's the what's the first week or so been about? I was able to meet with the team uh, for the first time last week on Wednesday. Uh, it was a very good meeting. Um, got a good impression of 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 the guys and um, they're, they're very well organized, um, very put together, a great, great group of, of players and friends. And um, we had our first practice on Monday and my time with them is a little bit limited this year because of NCAA, uh, this week because of NCAA rules, but starting next week, we'll, you know, we'll hit the practice courts pretty hard. And then um, our, our first tournament's already coming up in about two and a half weeks or so. Um, so, so far it's been great. Just a lot of administrative stuff that needs to be taken care of. Um, but everybody in the athletic department has been extremely supportive and, and welcoming. So um, it's been a great experience so far. Well, yeah, and you, and you inherit a program that's um, in a pretty good spot, at least right now. Well, what did you see, and, and you've only had a little time to sort of evaluate, I suppose, but what, what did you see from a, from a talent perspective and sort of the team that, that you inherited now after, after sort of getting the introdu- introductions out of the way? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as far as I know, you know, we had two of the top six players graduate, um, but they're not, they're not going to um, play this this upcoming spring um, and they played in the top four of the lineup. So we're going to miss those guys a little bit, but I got some time to maybe bring in a couple guys to, um, to fill those spots. Um, you know, after one practice, there's limited amount of things I can say about the team overall. Um, sure. Chris Matthew, who's, who's returning, who I think played number one, uh, at least for the entire year last year. Um, he's, he's all conference. He's, he's, he's obviously one of the, the top seeds on the team. Then Alejandro who plays, uh, who's on the Davis cup team, uh, in Dominican Republic, he's a very strong player. Um, so kind of looking toward those guys to perhaps be, you know, leaders on our team. And, uh, but there, there are plenty of other, um, plenty of good players, uh, very good talent, um, that hopefully will make those, um, all, all the spots really competitive. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my assessment so far. It hasn't been very long. Yeah, no, it hasn't. It, it, totally understandable. You're just getting uh, your feet dipped in the water a little bit. Well, 
I mean, on that, Coach, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting background you bring to the table. You've been around the the game for a really long time, um, and a, and a well respected instructor for a long time. Sort of been around the Creighton community a little bit as well. Like, how did you get to this point, and what made this the right move at 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 you know at the time you're doing it? Oh, it's uh, a good question. Well, um, about myself, uh, yeah, I was recruited to play for the Huskers um, about, about 20 years ago already um, and had a very, very good um, playing career there. Um, also, obviously, as a student athlete, I really enjoyed my, my time in the, the journalism department there um, as a journalism student. Um, but uh, I, uh, after I graduated from Creighton with a master's degree, um, around that time, I, I, I met my wife, and, and we kind of decided to, to settle in Nebraska. I've been in Omaha ever since, and um, I've always loved the, the game of tennis. I um, was fortunate enough um, over the last 10, 15 years, perhaps, to develop some you know outstanding players, um, local players that have gone on to earn collegiate scholarships, uh, various universities around the country, um, and... Um, you know, now I'm, I'm, I've gotten to a point where um, I'm very grateful that I get to, you know, train with those, with those guys on a, on a daily basis, kind of, kind of work with the finished product, the almost finished product, um, you know, of, of, of like players that, that, you know, you, you see develop um, during their teenage years, or maybe even younger. And so that's been, uh, um, you know, very, very positive and something that I look forward to. And, and if you, in Nebraska, and you're looking toward, um, you know, some of the, the collegiate coaching positions, there are limited things, I think, that you can do. I mean, they're, you know, obviously, um, University of Nebraska, uh, amazing institution. Um, they've really stepped up their game with their new facility that they were able to put together um, over the last uh, five, 10 years or so, and they've got an amazing coaching staff there now. Um, and obviously, Tom has been with Creighton for so long mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, you know, you, you're kind of hoping that, that positions open up, but um, apparently this summer was kind of kind of outstanding summer in terms of, of coaching rotations as far as tennis is concerned hmm. in the entire uh, state of Nebraska. So so glad this opportunity opened up, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that it's a great fit so far. I was going to say, yeah, what, what – I mean, it sounds like maybe you've been eyeing it for – for a little while, what stands out to you about about this particular job and 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 you know getting this opportunity right now? Well, it's a Division One um, school. Um, I think uh, you know it's it was a great uh, decision by by Tom to advocate for for two head coaches. I think um, that was definitely a move in the right direction, and um, I think Creighton has has real potential. Um, you know, if if we're able to um, create a little bit more uh, support locally and um, maybe a step of our game with, with, you know, on the fundraising side of things um, and uh, are able to, to offer perhaps a, you know, a scholarship or two more than what we have available now. Um, it could be, it could be a really good school and uh, the big East obviously is a great conference for us to compete in. Um, it's you know, one of our goals that we're really able to compete against all the, all the biggie schools um, during the regular season. Um, those are some of our short-term goals here um, in, the, in the next next few years, perhaps. But um, yeah, just um, 
uh, you know, obviously outstanding academic school, um, a lot of potential in terms of growing the tennis program and um, just a great conference overall. What do I, I guess, and I've, I've talked to, I know I talked to coach Lily about this last year, but like specific styles and in, in tennis and how coaches can sort of have their impacts on, on players. Like when, if, does it make sense if I'm saying, okay, coach, coach Posh, what is the type of player that you're looking for? Or is it more of just, all right, you, we have, we have this group of guys and we're going to try and, you know, get them to accentuate their, their best skills as possible. Like, is there, is there a style that you want to implement or is it a little bit sort of bigger picture than that? Um, that's a tough question to answer. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I know I it's sort of everywhere. Coach, yeah. Every coach, well, no, every coach has, has definitely their, their, you know, sort of preferred type of player, maybe somebody who played a little bit like them. Um, those are obviously the players that are easier to relate to perhaps, but, uh, no, I think we have to um, strike a good balance um, between developing the players that we have. And I think I can really be of great help in that respect. And then also through my, my connections in Europe, just bringing some, some real good talent from, from that continent. Um, obviously, as you know, tennis is, is very, very popular there. There, there is a large pool of players um, to, to choose from. Um, and so, um, you know, um, I think every uh, player when they're in college has the potential to, um, you know, step up the game, maybe one or two levels. Um, they're not, a, like I said earlier, they're not a completely finished product at that point. And so, um, no, I just, um, you know, we're um, obviously looking for very highly motivated, um, self-motivated student, student athletes um, who, who know how to um, take care of business in the classroom and who are outstanding competitors on a, on a tennis court. But um, I, I, I like everybody who loves to play and um, who puts up a good fight and um, um, just really cares about the sport of tennis. Hey, Coach, um, before we let you go, I, one, one more sort of personal thing. Um, you're, yeah. you're from Austria. What, what led you to the States in the first place? Oh, um, Long story short, I was originally supposed to to go to Indiana, um, but uh, you know, when I as a as a teenager, I um, I pursued tennis uh, professionally, and and when I got to um, you know go to college, um, I didn't want to give up the sport just like that, just to go to university. So the collegiate system in the U.S. is is really kind of unique, and so that was seemed to me like the perfect or the logical um, you know thing to do perfect fit and um after indiana didn't work out um i was rerouted a couple times but ended up in nebraska so um i'm glad i took that step and um you know it's been it's been a a great journey ever since very cool awesome uh gerhard posh is the new men's tennis coach at creighton um and and coach we appreciate you taking the time good luck i know it's just starting out um but uh, all of a sudden in a couple weeks here you'll you'll be firing these things away so uh we appreciate you taking the time we'll talk to you soon Thank you, Connor. Once again, that's Gerhard Posh, the new coach of the men's tennis team over at Creighton. Tom Lilly was the coach for 27 years, and he stepped down to focus just on the women's side. So he'll remain on, and he'll continue to be an advocate for the men's side as well. But Gerhard comes on with a super interesting, you know, sort of different background, a developmental background. And you heard him mention it there. Um, Maybe an opportunity for... 
Creighton to jump in and and grab some players with his connections over from overseas as well. So really interesting hire by the Jays there, and um, Posh is going to hit the ground running here because guess what? Men's tennis has their first uh, meet at the Drake Invite, which is September 15th, so just in a couple weeks. So they'll have to hit the ground running pretty quickly. Good stuff from Coach there, and I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point in the near future on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm Connor Happer. That's it for me this week. We will send it back to John Bishop. John. Thanks, Connor. So again, this weekend going to be a very busy Labor Day weekend, both volleyball, women's cross country, men's soccer, all competing on Friday, either afternoon or evening. And then, of course, through the weekend, the volleyball tournament continues. The Blue Jay Invitational over at DJ Sokol Arena with the men's soccer team going back on the road to Denver on Monday. Meanwhile, there has been a change because of the weather conditions and the extreme heat anticipated in the Midwest over the weekend. The women's soccer match has been moved to Sunday, September the 3rd at 10 a.m. So the women's soccer will play an earlier match Sunday, September 3rd at 10 a.m. Well, coming up next week on the 1620 The Jays podcast, we'll get you a recap of everything that took place in Creighton Athletics and have more great visits with Creighton student athletes and coaches. For my colleagues Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. Again, a happy Labor Day weekend to all of you, and we will talk to you next week right here on the 1620 The Jays podcast, a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.